0: Welcome to 300 Yards to Unknown. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there. That's Eric Patterson. And this right here, this is major week. This is US Open Time, EPAT, on a scale from 1 to 100. What is your level of excitement?
1: So, I, truthfully, I woke up today, you know, first shift of the uh, major, major week preview. And I, I wasn't as excited as I thought I was going to be, but then I turned on Golf Channel, um, started watching, you know, the live froms, yeah, uh, got a few, got a few press conferences in me I, and what what it was is Bryson really invigorated me today and he just got me excited. He was talking about how he's going to be launching drives all over the course. And I just, that just made me want, I was so excited to see how this week's going to unfold because I think a completely different approach is going to win, but
0: well, let's, let's just jump into this. That's not going to work, right? Like that's not going to work for Bryson. <laughs>
1: It could. I mean, if he is hitting at 350 and it's finding the fairways, then yeah, he's gonna he's gonna win. He but
0: you you just but, said, you just said but. the key part if he's finding the fairway.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. It's uh, it's but he it's yeah. We I don't know if we want to go straight into Bryson right now. I didn't think sure. I'd be there, but let's do it. Um, Who
0: cares? Let's do it. The
1: guy is the he did this at the PGA Championship where he was talking about. Um, I don't think the rough's going to be that penal. He's talking about he's just going to take these lines and hit driver wherever. And there's the risk, the reward is so much greater. And then, you know, I think it took one round for him to backpedal and be like, "Yeah, I got to put the ball in the fairway."
0: Yes, and he actually—I I mean, he finished.
1: He uh, finished great.
0: It was his first; it was only top ten in a major championship. Uh, I know, as, as I know, at Harding Park. But you're right; there was a clear strategy change from Friday on, which. I, I don't, I don't think you can pound driver every single time around winged foot. now I could be wrong. Bryson could have figured this out, but uh, I wonder what he'll do on Friday. Right. Like if he, if he goes out on Thursday and sprays it and, and shoots six over or something, like what's he going to do on, what's he going to do on Friday?
1: So John Rahm also had a quote today and said, uh, he, he pulled out the Mike Tyson quote. Everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Love it. And I think, uh, he said, "That's exactly what Wingfoot's going to do, and regardless of your plan, um, some you're going to have to alter it at some point." So, I'm excited to see how it plays. Like this, the course for me this week is the star, which I love when that is when that's what happens at a tournament. We saw it at the BMW, even Harding Park. Um, a lot of chatter around that, so I love when the course is you know the talking point of the week
0: almost. I know you're a big presser guy, and I He's I've gotten. In- I've gotten into the pressers more and more, honestly, through you talking about him and tweeting out the transcripts or whatever. I'm like, I got to hear these guys. And there were some really good moments on we're recording this Tuesday evening on the East Coast um, today on Tuesday, where first of all, speaking of John Rahm, he, the things that he has said make me think he's going to win this golf tournament. So, so he said everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face, which is great. And then he referred to the other previous, uh, times that the, uh, that the U.S. Open has been held at Winged Foot. And he referred to them as massacre at Winged Foot one and two. And then he said, and hopefully this one is number three. He said, hopefully, Eric. Hopefully. Like, like he... it's, that's a mental hurdle you have to get over before you tee off on Thursday that this course is going to kick your butt.
1: He, uh, he was saying all the right things like you just said. He touched on how he thinks his game's in great shape. He's he's proven he's can win at two he's already won at two very difficult tor- uh, test this this year um, at Memorial and BMW. So I think he he kind of knows it's his time. He was talking about how the pressure of being the first Spaniard to win a US Open's also, you know, gets him excited and it's just uh, another challenge that he can face and I think I mean, you look at some you look at stats, you look at recent forum, I think Bryson, or uh, sorry. This, Bryson just <laughs> lives in my brain. Yeah. He lives in my brain. But Rom, that Rom has everything, and like I think uh, the short game um, is going to separate him from the rest of the guys, especially of the, amongst the favorites. I think Rom's strokes gained around the green numbers are, are phenomenal, so I think that's going to be huge this week. And yeah, Rom, Rom knows. Uh, Rom knows he has what it takes to win a U.S. Open. I was just trying to pull up those transcript because he, yeah, he was pulling off a bunch of stuff. So he, he has, he knows so much about the history of the game. I was surprised. He, he was like reciting hale Irwin's winning score i'm like dude this guy you're born in like 1994 you, you shouldn't know this stuff
0: but he, he is certainly a student of the game i mean there were a couple other great uh moments on tuesday i mean dustin johnson couldn't remember if he'd played this course or not which it, like I, I guess in their own different ways there are there is no one more on brand two guys than bryson D. chambeau and Dustin Johnson, like they just do not stray from their brand and DJ, not knowing whether just played the West course or the East course at winged foot is, is brilliant.
1: He, I think it was at, after he won the FedEx cup, he'd talked about how he doesn't remember. He didn't remember shooting 80 at Memorial or he didn't know what was wrong with him at shooting 80, like DJ's memory uh, for better or for worse, it doesn't impact him. And this is just, yeah. The fact that he was at Wingfoot and doesn't know, <laughs> someone had to tell him he, pl- he played a, a round at Wingfoot. He's like, yeah, maybe I guess. But at the same time, he plays a lot of golf. So yeah. for someone who probably doesn't like get excited about playing Wingfoot, it's just another private course that he has to go show up and hit balls at. It's probably all the same to him after, you know, 10, 15 years of doing it.
0: I, yeah, so I, I completely agree with that. Like, the guy's played so many holes on all the greatest golf courses. Like, I don't blame him for not remembering that he played maybe the East or maybe the West course 11 years ago for a Net Jets outing, which probably would have been like a, a hit and giggle. And he like changes groups every three holes so that everybody can play with them or something like that. Uh, so I don't blame him for that. One thing I do think is kind of related to this uh, I've read that the one of the biggest things that separates like the really good tour pros and the other guys is that they remember shots that they've hit throughout their career and they can like pull them out. Like, Oh, I have a similar feeling in this bunker or like, remember that shot I hit like three years ago, greenside at Mirfield village. Like some of these guys can really pull out of the memory banks, good feels when they need to, or reads on greens that they saw years ago. Like it's pretty unbelievable stuff.
1: I mean, I think Tiger is one of those guys who can recite every yardage and club he's hit over the last like X amount of years. The guy just, he takes everything in and then there's the complete opposite in Dustin Johnson who couldn't tell you what he had for breakfast, but um, it works for him. So yeah, that's, that that was a, that was a highlight of the, uh, of the press conference um, circuit today as DJs. DJ's lack of memory.
0: What else? What did Tiger say today? Did he, I I don't know if he had anything noteworthy. He didn't,
1: he didn't, he just talked about a lot of the questions. He didn't, honestly, he didn't seem like he was in the best mood. Um, He
0: did not seem like he was in the best mood. (laughs) He he
1: wasn't given his, he he says the same things over and over again, which is, I guess how Tiger has been programmed, but he does. And I guess he gets asked the same questions all the time too. So he, he, he didn't provide much. I honestly just thought it was a little boring. Um, he didn't sound super excited, to, overly excited to be there. He talked about how hard Wingfoot is. How he compared it to Carnoustie and um, Oakmont, being some of the hardest major championship venues. But other than that, he didn't. No one really asked him about how his game was. What he he kind of dodged a question of uh, you know how he's feeling about this week for like how his game sets up. So um, not a lot of uh, came out of the Tiger press conference. But
0: JT and Tiger both essentially alluded to in their answers that winged foot this week might be the most difficult golf course they've ever played.
1: I'm excited. I and but they kept saying how like JT said, it's, it's uh you know, a fun kind of like, he's, it's going to be a fun, hard, like, it's not going to be like, a, you're not going to get rattled about it. If, assuming the setups. Okay. Um, and it just, it seems like everything's fair. And like right in front of you, like hit the fairway, hit the green. If you're in the rough, you know you start fighting for it but if they start putting pins in like impossible locations and the, and the gr- the greens might get a little too firm or out of control then um it might it might get out of hand but i just don't see that happening this week i think the conditions and and everything's going to be perfect
0: so if tiger was kind of unwilling to assess his chances for the week, then I guess we have to, um, which I personally and would love to be wrong. Don't think he has much of a chance this week. Right. I mean, uh, what am I missing here? You can't, you, you can't hit out You can't play out of the rough at wings, but he has uh, a propensity for hitting his driver into the rough. Like that, so, that
1: simple. Eamon Lynch, who was on golf channel. He said that someone from, I think maybe from golf week, followed him around and said that he hit, I think he, just for nine holes and he missed five fairways. So it's not, I don't know, I guess two par threes aside. So maybe hit one fairway on the front nine or back nine, but, um, seem to be struggling with the misses. And yeah, if he's, he's not long enough, he's not the Bryson long. He's not the female long where you can actually hit a wedge and maybe run it up to the front of the green from the rough, but he's going to be like three ten in the rough and hacking out six and seven irons. It's just going to be a battle.
0: The other problem is, um, his strength, his one thing that in 2020 differentiates him from everyone else is his approach game. It's his irons, it's his wedges, wedges, excuse me. But the problem with that, ePat, is you lose that edge if you're not in the fairway. So so it, it's like, yes, he is he might be the best or a top three player in the field on approach, but if you have to hack it out every single shot, you don't get an opportunity to to use that skill which is unfortunate uh because that's what i envision what you're describing is him hacking it out a lot
1: yeah like i think the the par threes are probably is gonna be as a best like in theory it could be the best approach shots he hits all day are just on the and they're tough par threes they're so monsters. He's, gonna have to be, he's gonna have to be pretty locked in on those but yeah it's uh i don't want to see him struggle but if he again if he's not finding the fairway and the putter's been really cold so if he's if he's giving himself like 15 20, 10 footers for par all week like it could go sideways real quick.
0: It will be a comfortable pairing. He's in a a group with JT who we know they're, they're buds. They've played practice rounds here together. I'm
1: almost, I'm overseeing Tiger play with JT. It seems like they're getting this like friendly. They play together all they played at the PGA. They I think they played uh, Genesis together. Like they just seem to be grouped together all the time.
0: I think you know how I feel about this. You know that I think uh, the way that the pairings happen is like the biggest load of malarkey out there. Like, they're just... I understand why all these guys are being paired together, and I especially understand it when there are fans present, and I understand it for TV and all that stuff, but, like, it's kind of crazy the same guys either always get to play with one another or always have to play with one another.
1: Yeah, like... I don't know. I, I think that they could have got a little more. It seemed everyone just seemed to be with their friends. It's weird. Like the three Canadians are together, which the is three weird.
0: Oklahoma state guys.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, Rom, I don't think wants to play with Mickelson, but Rom right. and Paul Casey, the Arizona state crew. Yeah. So it's like, it's literally just like a buddy system out there except for one group with uh spieth and reed poor uh, i know or speed i don't know what well, someone's I don't know just what he
0: did. they're just behind on the news they figured oh, these guys are they played together they must be buddies i haven't checked i haven't checked anything <laughs> old Ryder in cup four house. years yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's maybe maybe that's what happened there a little miss a um, mix up but yeah
0: yeah the rom mickelson casey one uh, like could you get could you get a guy from each end of the spectrum and a guy right in the middle, right? Like John Ron might win this golf tournament might be the best player here. Casey, very steady, solid. And Phil might just spray it all over the yard. Like we've got one of everything.
1: That was another Phil said, uh, so Phil alluded to the fact that his, everyone wants to talk about like, you know, Phil might have a chance, like maybe they don't, but Phil sprayed it so much in 2006. And he said like he was missing so much that like he was in the trampled down areas, which there are none of that this week. There's no, there's no galleries walking all over the rough. That's yeah. where Mickelson said he was missing in two thousand six and that's why he had success. Um so yeah, I think I think a nice little Mickelson tiger parlay to to miss the cut. I think I think I saw it like pays like four to one. I think uh yeah, it might be pretty good.
0: That. Yeah, the the um there is an area so if you miss just off the fairway but still inside the rope line, like that's not good. But in he- yeah. past years, just outside the roads where the, where the gallery would have trampled it down is your your miss, miss it big. Um, I don't know how much you got into it this week, but like you could really nerd out on some of like the architecture around Wingsfoot. I mean, this this place is 100 years old. It was, uh, I mean, it's an A.W. Tillinghast design, but Gil Hans, uh, he didn't redesign it. He restored it a couple Restore of years it. ago. Yeah. So now everything is back to like the green complexes are basically back to their original shape. They're unbelievable undulating greens. And, and, and it was built. uh, I think the quote was like when green speeds were half of what they are now. Right. So they have these huge pitches from back to front that, I mean, we're seeing the videos on Twitter, like Matthew Fitzpatrick's caddy throwing balls out there and the ball doesn't stop rolling for 42 seconds. Like it, it, it's going to be, guys are going to put it off the first green, like for sure.
1: That's what, uh, obviously I didn't see it, but Nicholas did that in 72 or 74, four putted the first green, he put it off the front of the, like the false fronts are drastic. I think 18 is a giant one. I'm sure there's a few others that I'm not totally aware of, but yeah, the fly-os, flyovers on the uh, YouTube they have for, on yeah. usga.com. Like those are that guy, I, I started looking at those last week and then that, that got me excited. And then I listened to uh, Jeff Ogilvy on the fried egg podcast and like that, if, if I could sit down and just listen to him talk about golf for hours, I I'd be a very, very happy person. Cause he, he talked about what it's going to take to win. He talked about all the changes he talked about just like wing foot and how, how good of a, a course it is. And it's just a, uh, yeah it got me it got me pretty pumped on huh?
0: there's also a flyover um ever i think it's called it's a series that they do on golf digest youtube page i think it's called every hole at or something like that and they go to different right. courses and there's one at at winged Foot, which is absolutely phenomenal the uh jack nichols putting off one green the the famous quote and I'll, I'll get it wrong here but whoever was in the group in the fairway behind him uh somebody said like if Jack puts it off the first green, what are what are us mere, mere mortals going to do? When yeah, we
1: that's not what you want to see is Jack <laughs> hacking it around in front of you, and you're, yeah, I got no chance when I get up there, but hey, it what, should be fun. And JT said that uh, the, you know, we're gonna see some things that make these guys look pretty bad. You know, it's probably gonna be pretty embarrassing at some point. some some awful putting, some bad, you know, bad around the green games, a lot of hacking and, and duffing, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a grind
0: there used to be a time i don't think they're doing it anymore but there was a time where they told the playing competitors that number one green would actually be slower than the rest of the greens because they could not like it it would destroy you like if they had at the same speed as the other 17 you would be destroyed i mean there's so many great stories and so much great history about this place i just can't wait to see it on tv
1: so this goes back to like the undulations um Trevor Immelman was on the golf channel there and he he was talking about how they've widened one of the greens. I, I wish I remembered which one it was, but they brought back. So I guess there was like a mound to the left side of it. I believe that was rough before, but now they've, they've because they were restoring the green. It's now the left side of the green. It's like this giant mm-hmm. funnel that pretty much it filters everything back to the middle of the green, but just goes to show like, if you short your side yourself over there or in there the, the, I think there was a bunker there too. Um, you're, it's just going to be, like that the amount of slope i wish they could show it on the broadcast because i don't think we're going to be able to see like this is like yeah. goes back to augusta we're we're you never really understand how much it slopes until they like until you're there in person um which is unfortunate but i hope they, they somehow incorporate that into the broadcast to really show how, how the elevation change between front and back and side to side
0: it's just incredible when you get to a course that is so well thought out, like this. So, so they have bunkers on some of these par threes that are like eighty yards short of the green. They are they are no way in play, but they like tell your eye where to go or where not to go. So when you're standing on the tee boxes, like all that stuff. That's like who even thought of this? Like I, I couldn't even. My brain couldn't even have decided a hundred years ago. I don't know. It's just so impressive when they the way that they're able to accomplish their goals out there. I have no idea how golf courses are, are actually built.
1: I know like this is, <laughs> that, that's like super like diehard architecture stuff that I, I'm definitely not. Um, I don't know enough about it all, but it is yeah, like bunker placement to me is like, it's, I always thought it's random, but it does like, there's always like on the, at the, at the really good courses, there's a purpose for every bunker for every little lip for even like, the, like the little cutouts in the, in the bunkers. Like there's a, there's a reason for that. And, uh, uh, apparently the restoration that they did is, is, is like really good. I guess it was done in preparation for this event. So, um, hopefully, hopefully it shines through in the broadcast because yeah, we're not going to get a lot of, I, I, I mean, I, I would die to be there, but, um, yeah, unfortunately we're, we're not, we're not allowed, but, uh, maybe one day,
0: maybe one day. Yeah. Uh, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Um, here's something that I thought was interesting. So before we we'll get to our actual picks at the end like we always do. But uh, this came up on the first cut pod and the question was just like, who do you want to win? Like, like if like, who are you rooting for? Who would make you the happiest? And, and I guess if your answer is tiger, you have to give me another answer, but like, I, I think it's, I always forget like, what would make me happy? What would I root for if I didn't have financial investment, if I didn't have DraftKings lineups or all this stuff? Like who would I actually like to see win?
1: That's uh it's a weird that you brought this up because I was just out walking around downtown Toronto here thinking about this. Um like I haven't had like a rooting interest outside of you know DraftKings or you know financially like for a golf tournament and I I'm tempted one day to just be like, just sit back and do nothing
0: uh, I did and it. just
1: enjoy the story. Like I, I got to get back to that place
0: before you, I will jump in there. I was at, so I don't know how I screwed this up. We went on our honeymoon, uh, or I guess what would have been our honeymoon. Cause we, we got married. Then we had our reception like three months later and then we went on a trip like three months after that. But anyway, we did it during the open championship uh last year which was a terrible planning on my part because content and all that stuff but because we had all this stuff leading up into it and the reception and then and then the trip i had like zero financial investment in it and it was like kind of enjoyable eric it was just like just being a fan for four days and i mean because we were you know hanging out by the pool watching it on tv doing like it was just cool to be a fan and i like i don't know when you could do it but like i I recommend it like it's it's good to get a week like that
1: i know i'm not it's not like i don't enjoy it like even stewart sink last week like i I was cheering for harry higgs obviously (laughs) but um at the same time you look back like his family's there his wife who's battling cancer and like he had to step away like that's just such a good story so for this week i want to see mcelroy win i think uh the new father story is something that um I don't know. I think there's just more to it than golf. And there it has been like that for a while for McElroy. So if he can like quickly turn the page on this new chapter in his life, um, breakthrough for the first time, I can't believe he hasn't won a major since 2014. So I think uh McElroy would make me the happiest to see win. Um that list is longer than one name, but I think uh if you gave me no other rooting interest, I would be uh, pulling for McElroy.
0: That's a good one. Um, I like that a lot, especially because, you know, while Rory has won, he is in a bit of a quote-unquote major drought, and I don't try to th- say that majors are easy to win and they, they should be coming often, but, yeah, he hasn't won one since the 2014 PGA Championship, right? I mean, that's, that's the last one. It's
1: crazy. Yeah, yeah like if – so in 2014, after he won the PJ Championship, you said DJ and McIlroy will have one major um, at the end of the 2029, like in midway through almost near the end of 2020. Like you'd be like, how, wh- how did that happen? Who took them all? I mean, I guess Brooks took a bunch, but to think that those guys only have one major in like six years is kind of crazy.
0: That would be a good one. Um, I would like to nominate, uh, I think Colin Morikawa winning would be wild
1: it would be wild <laughs> and back it would, to back to, st-
0: back to back to start your career essentially. And, and, and he would, he would really like, he would change a lot of the conversations about, okay, who the best players in the world? Are. I think, I think we very easily say Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy. Like those are, those are the first names off everybody's off everybody's lips. He would assert himself like at the, at, or near the top of that list. And I think it would be really interesting to see him go back to back.
1: I mean, he would instantly become, yeah, discussion for, but like that would put so I feel like that would put so much pressure on him. Like that would be like a speed type run where it would instantly, instantly be compared to tiger. And I just, that's so unfair. And so early, like we're already doing it, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, that that would that would definitely turn some heads and get some attention real quick.
0: Okay, so here's so now who would be like um what's the best story? So like is the best story Tiger winning and getting to 16 and then in theory he could win back-to-back masters and get to 18 for in in April think, or is it Phil? I think the best
1: Yeah, the best story's got to be Phil. Okay. I think it has to be. Like imagine a fifty year old Phil goes back to wing foot like fourteen years after that collapse and and beats this field with all these all these young studs in it. I think that would be
0: what, that's what a,
1: if, that would be a crazy story.
0: What if whoever was in the lead collapsed and Phil won because of that
1: <laughs> that be that would be perfect <laughs> That' be like you couldn't even draw up a better story. I don't know who that guy that that poor guy would be, but yeah imagine collapsing and letting like having phil that would be. All right. I could see that. I could cheer for that. I, I couldn't see it. No, I couldn't see it. That's see that's it. gone too far. I could cheer for it though.
0: You know who winning would create the biggest fever pitch on Monday on Twitter or on Sunday night uh, if Jordan Spieth wins this thing.
1: Oh, that's I mean, think a guy that. again. That would be. That's a good story too. I don't. I don't see him. His game is. I'm missing uh, I, cut at the same day open is, it's I not know.
0: gonna happen like this guy's yeah. so far off but could you imagine if he wins that would be sick for the first time in three years because let's be real like it would be way better for golf if jordan spieth was good
1: 100 percent. yeah
0: like way better for golf he's he's such a good guy he's very likable people know him like it would be great for the game. If we could just thrust him up with some of these other great stars that we have going on right now. And he could like contend now. And if he, won- imagine
1: he was there now with like JT and more cow and ROM, like that would be in- insane. And like, yes. this dude has three majors. He's I if he was still at his peak, he would probably be contending for others. Like I, I'm yeah. I would love to see speed back to the top. Like I don't, he does it differently than everyone else. He's not this big power guy that we're seeing now. It's just a, uh, it's a different game, and um, yeah, golf's better when Spieth's at the top of his game.
0: And he has taken such a beating in the last three years for not Huge winning. Uh, like I, I'm almost starting to feel sorry for the guy. Like uh, he, he looks. Well, broken. that's like.
1: Yeah, he does, and that's like what happens when you come out of the gates too hot. So that's why I'm saying pump okay. the brakes on Morikawa there. But Morikawa, like that swing looks repeatable until he's. Like sixty years old.
0: We always knew the Jordan Spieth chicken wing might have a problem at some point. Colin he Kirk always scrapped does it not around look like that.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Something's a little more repeatable there, but yeah. Um, Spieth, man. Yeah, you see. This is what this is going back. Like when you're not invested at all like you could be cheering for all these different storylines instead of trying to put together a tiger phil Miss the cup parlay (laughs)
0: that's uh, yeah okay yeah because (laughs) you're right because come sunday there's going to be six guys there that all have some good storyline right so you'll be able to enjoy something whether it's some old guy contending whether it's a young up-and-comer trying to get his first major championship whether it's a redemption story they'll all be there you know but you know we can handpick storylines sometimes
1: Man, I, uh, these, again, this goes back to my excitement level throughout the day. Wasn't quite there. Started talking about it. Started getting into my shift a little bit more. And now they're doing this with you. I think this is, uh, this has got the, the juices flowing. It's uh can't believe there's a major in the middle of September. I'm trying to set fantasy football lineups over here.
0: There was, <laughs> yeah. How, did you win week one?
1: <laughs> I didn't No. Uh, Philip Lindsay got hurt for me last night. Mm. Needed a few more extra points. Brutal.
0: Oh boy. Uh, there was, I read that approximately 90% of the maintenance on this course will be done in the dark this week because of shorter daylight hours in September versus obviously in the middle of summer. So they'll be having the headlamps and everything.
1: That's a job I would hate to have is like a maintenance staff at a major championship venue. Did you see the push mowers were out? Those guys, Yeah. what a, what a look. You like 10 push mowers ripping around the greens. I don't think they were cutting much grass, to be honest. Um, the guy, The guy his shoes that were right behind the <laughs> mower were still completely invisible. So it's not like they're cutting it down to a few inches. It's, uh, it's still going to be nice and thick.
0: And I think that's the last time they're going to cut it is what I think we just saw. Um, okay. Picks. Let's do picks. So I have, I have a notebook. I'm keeping track of this now. Um, right. Safeway open your pick to win. Doc Redman was your, well, he was Ooh, like your one. And I was at
1: 62.
0: Thank you for a 62 on Sunday. Doc earned Eric 322,000 points. I had Joel Damon. That's not going to work. He finished 40th, 50th, something like that. Uh,
1: Yeah, that was a weird week for him.
0: I don't know. I'm still scrolling. So for something down, he made the cut, got like $29,000. Top 10, that was Joel Damon for you. So that's 0 for 1. I had Cam Davis, also 0 for 1. He finished T36. Your sleeper, Denny McCarthy. I have no idea how he finished. I'm going to find out right now. Missed the cut. So did mine, West Bryan. So off to a roaring start for us. You have a very good one and done lead. So you get to go first on your U.S. Open. Let's start with sleeper.
1: Oh yeah, yeah I haven't given these much thought. Sleeper is what outside to one, outside fifty to one.
0: I think we said fifty. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Brendan Todd. He's nice. probably like eighty, eighty or a hundred to one. It's fairway finder. It's gonna be too long for him, but he's got a good short game and he can putt. So it's yeah I love give it. me todd
0: i went with matthew fitzpatrick similar reasons he kind of does it differently yeah. good putter just shows up at difficult golf courses top 10s like all over the place
1: when you when you sort by the right stats fitzpatrick might be the best player in the world like it's <laughs> airways gained proximity from like 100 yards which i think there's gonna be a lot of but yeah
0: we're, we're gonna have a spin-off pod call if you sort by the right stats which is like, <laughs> I, can, I can find anything i want um Top 10, so this is just yes, he did, or no, he didn't. Top 10 for you, EPA. Uh,
1: I'm going to take John Rom. top 10. I got to get on the board here. I think that's a, it's a pretty safe top 10 pick.
0: Yeah, see, I would have taken, see, this is key, because we're only doing a yes or a no. So I would have taken Terrell Hatton, but there's no reason to do that because you don't get the odds associated with it. So I'm going to exactly. take Colin Morikawa. Morikawa, I like it. Okay, now I think
1: the, time. Uh, the I think, so going back to quickly on Ogilvy, he he knows how to win here. He his pick was also wrong. He just he said he said short game is like everything. Apparently, he was getting up and down. He may, he was like one of the only guys who made like four straight pars to close his day. Um, chipped in up and down for pars all over the place. Just I'm, a brutal brutal test.
0: I'm really. I'm really catching a lot of steam towards John Rom. Like as we get closer to this, like I'm, I'm becoming a a believer that it's going to be, it's going to be Rombo.
1: I didn't realize how good he was around the green. Like any, and, he, yeah. and he, when he gets hot with his putter, what, before we move on to the uh, pick to win, they asked JT this question in the, in his press conference. And I thought it was pretty decent. Um, who wins the guy who hits the most fairways or the guy who makes the most, he said eight footers, but I'll do five to 10 footers, most fairways or most five, 10, five to 10 footers made.
0: Well, it's very interesting because usually the guy who makes the most five to 10 footers uh, would be in really good shape. Wow, this is tough. I'll, I'll take fairways. I think it's fairways.
1: Yeah, he said JT also said fairways. I, I'd probably go five to 10 footers because I think if you do get one of those for birdie, like you have to make it. It's a must make. Um, again, I'm going happy. back to Ogilvy you said the, the birdie putts, like there's more pressure on making a birdie putt than like a five footer for par. Yeah. I mean, because like about, you just, there's going to be so the, few birdies.
0: Yeah. think about all the eight and 10 footers, the guys are going to try to save for par all like all week long. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be insane. It's going
1: to be such a grind. Yeah. I'm going to be so stressed watching all like shot tracker on like. Oh. oh man, thirty feet to right rough, chip to eight feet for par oh come on, just hit it. It's just it's gonna be, be like so that bad. all
0: week. It's gonna be so bad. All right. Uh the only guy you can't pick to win is Doc Redman. You've used him.
1: He's not in the field, so luckily I'm not tempted. He's and the first alternate.
0: Yes, he one more. Okay, real quick. Sucks, man. Like it sucks for the whole COVID sucks for everything and everybody. Scotty yes. Scheffler, I feel for. Sam Horsfield H- Horsfield, I feel for, just because like you know, this is this is a big moment in their in their lives and their professional careers. I would have loved to have seen them out there. Hopefully, they're back at it soon.
1: Scheffler was like literally easily could have contended, and Horsefield just won the UK Swing, playing incredibly well. He's played in a few of these, but yeah, that's a two terrible breaks for two young guys.
0: Yeah, so Doc is the I got to that because Doc is the first alternate. So if anybody else uh, drops out, withdraws, whatever, uh, he would make it in. But on the outside looking in at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's a tough spot. Um, so I get to go first pick for win. So if yeah. I sweep, I go, wow, okay.
0: We're just kind of going with it
1: here. I'm going to go uh, Xander Shoffley. Oh, I've been, sit- I've been okay. sitting on the U.S. Oven Xander one and done all season long. So I think he's going to be very popular in that format, but I'm willing to eat some chalk.
0: I didn't think you were going to do that. So now I've got to think about this.
1: Uh, Although I did see him snap and ho- snap like... Like quick uh, snap hooks off the range today. His dad was not impressed. His coach. So
0: I <laughs> me, that drive
1: made me uh, made me reconsider it. But uh, I think he's got everything <sighs> here for
0: him. Man, so this is really tough. So I I think Webb is a really good value um, at whatever he's at twenty five twenty eight to one. William Hill. If you're in New Jersey, Rick five hundred. That's a promo code you could use, Eric. Uh, not you. You're in Canada. Um, but. The thing with web in a one and done situation is that there's better places to use them.
1: Uh, yeah, this is like a full season, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could okay. use Xander at the next U.S. Open. That's there's another true.
0: One later this season. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so it feels weird like burning one of these guys the second week. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll just take Rom, I guess. Like I, I feel like I've, I feel like I've.
1: Yeah, there's. This is, yeah. I've grown like on
0: Rom so much, yeah. All right, I'm going to take Rom. So, Rom,
1: Xander, beautiful.
0: Rom and Xander for our picks to win. Top 10s, Morikawa, and you have Rom in your top 10. And then sleepers are Fitzpatrick, Brendan Todd.
1: <laughs> Brendan Todd, let's do it, buddy. The top I love one. it.
0: All right, E-Pat. Uh, I'm officially stoked. Yeah, uh, this is going to be fun. I don't know how I'm going to sleep for a couple more nights, but then it'll be a 4 a.m. start.
1: I was wondering, like, do you actually get up for the four a.m.? Yeah, get the pot of coffee brewing, and that's like us for the, that's like me for the Open Championship when it starts at like two a.m.
0: Yeah, oh, I'll be, like, oh, I'll be uh, on the couch, coffee in hand, first tee shot, ready to rock and roll.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty jealous. It's good. They got decent coverage this year with NBC. Yeah. Did you subscribe to the Peacock network or whatever? Uh, you know,
0: know what? I have the link up right here, so I'm I'm prepared to. I have to go look at the full cover. Is that the only way I can watch it?
1: I truthfully don't know. Uh, I don't think as a Canadian, we have to go through that process. We have it just straight to our regular old cable channels. But uh, yeah, I
0: think I can get on the golf channel.
1: Yeah, I think that or, might be right as well. Yeah. I'm not sure what Peacock's all about, but they are promoting it. So yeah, they really I think there's going to be lots of, lots of coverage, like, which is pretty standard for the, uh, the U S open.
0: Love it. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate you coming on, man.
1: Thanks for getting me excited. I'm uh, (laughs) really looking forward to it.
0: Uh, You can follow Eric on Twitter at EPATGolf. You can follow me on Twitter at RickRungood. This has been 300 Yards to Unknown, and we'll catch you next time.